0: okay to kick us off this morning i'd like for us to watch a quick video.
1: hello everyone welcome to our becoming your mom support group Uh, we have some visitors with us today welcome to you my name is mark and i'm the group leader and i think we'll start by reciting our mission statement we love our moms but we are not our moms we We love our moms but we are are not our moms carol would you mind starting us off this week Hi everyone, I'm Carol. Hi Carol. I'm the oldest of three roommates and
2: I'm turning into my mom. I clean up everything after them.
0: I've even started doing their laundry.
2: I talk to myself in the grocery
1: store all the time.
0: All of my status updates are just pictures of kids.
1: I don't even have kids. Same. Well, kids and recipes. The other day, I almost licked my finger and wiped the face of a total stranger. (laughs) I keep saying words like garbage and (laughs) tarjay. What is that? I'll send a text to someone just to let them know I sent them an email. Well, how else would they know? Right? I mean, these shoes are on sale. What am I supposed to do? Not buy them? I call my husband my son's name. And sometimes I call my son the dog's name. I always tell people, I'll be like two minutes. Then it'll be like an hour. (laughs) (laughs) Whoa, whoa, take it easy there, Shannon already has a tissue, we really don't need to offer her one. I do. Did you see how they let the momness overtake them? So you may not be able to avoid becoming your mom, but the key is to let the beautiful things about moms shine through in your life. The kindness, the caring, the compassion the qualities that God gave moms when he created them. Oh, like when I text my friends, L-O-L, lots of love. That's not what L-O-L means.
0: That's what my son told me it meant.
1: L-O-L, lots of love. What What else would it mean?
2: You know, I used to
0: be an amazing dancer. Now when I dance, people just get embarrassed. Can I show you?
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, Carol. Carol, sit down.
0: Carol, please. One, two. (laughs) Okay. Let's begin this morning with a word of prayer. And if you had a mother, stand with me in prayer. Lord, we thank you so much for moms and for the future shaping that they do. Lord I pray that today you would speak to those of us who have warm and wonderful relationships with our mothers that you would remind us today to do honor to them For those of us whose mothers have passed away we pray that you would help us to today and going forward honor them in our minds and our hearts our memories For those of us, Lord, who had really difficult relationships with our mothers, we pray for continued healing. And I say continued, God, because I know you're doing that. And I pray that you would show us how uh, to bring honor to our mothers, how to, in a tough circumstance, how to do that. Lord, I I know that you have not called us to a place of emotional and spiritual damage and yet we are to somehow find our way to honor don't know what that means for each of us Lord but you can show us Um, help us navigate these waters we love you and we pray that you would speak to us today with reminders in Jesus name we pray amen okay you may be seated so let's start out this morning with some ground rules I want us to spend some time today talking about our relationship toward our mothers. But let me begin with a quick word about mothering. As we think about mothering today, I want to remind us to be gentle with ourselves and with one another. Uh, Let's not accept any fairy tale version of motherhood because the Bible doesn't have a fairy tale picture of mothers. Ruth was left childless and widowed at a young age. Rachel, Hannah, and Sarah were infertile. Eve and Mary lost sons under terrible circumstances. Two mothers of two kings, both of whom were named Ahaziah, encouraged their sons to be wicked and unjust. The prodigal son acted in terrible disrespect against both his parents. In fact, Scripture tells stories that are just like the real everyday stories that we live. That is... Women in diverse life circumstances, sometimes thriving, sometimes barely coping, and sometimes going under. The fairy tale of marriage and motherhood is just that. It's a fairy tale. So we need to be gentle with one another and with ourselves as we think about mothering. Our corporate story here at Gateway includes individuals who chose not to be mothers. Stories of motherhood deferred due to to later childbearing. Motherhood disrupted by divorce motherhood lost by the death of a child and miscarriage, and motherhood unachieved due to infertility and and undesired singleness. Of course, our culture also includes stories of families with strong marriages and happy children, and the point is that this is not a one-size-fits-all journey of womanhood, and we hurt women in our churches by elevating and idealizing one path over all others. So as we think about mothering, let's be gentle. But as we think about Being mothered, let's be weighty. We need to remind ourselves that mothers deserve our honor, and this is our theme for today. I realize that that some of us were hurt by our mothers. This is not a small thing, of course, but even in those worst of circumstances, the way we treat our mother is a weighty matter. In fact, honoring our mothers is critical to our spiritual health. Now, if you've got a Bible, I'd love for you to look at Deuteronomy chapter 5. It's early in the Old Testament. It's fifth book in the, in the Bible. And Deuteronomy chapter 5 lists the Ten Commandments. It's also on mygateway.life. I'm going to refer to the whole ten real quickly in the middle of our comments in a few minutes. But right now I just want to read verse 16. Deuteronomy 5, 16. This is in the middle of the Ten Commandments. You've heard it before, I bet. It says, Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So we're not going to be long together today, but I want us to begin by outlining some big-picture things about this teaching. To really appreciate this, there are three quick, high-level observations about honoring in general that we need to hear. So number one, to honor something is to ascribe great worth to that thing. The word used here in the Old Testament in Hebrew is kebed, And that word literally means heavy or weighty. In fact, some scholars believe that that gold was highly valued in ancient cultures precisely because it was a weighty material. When the word is used negatively, and it sometimes is, it's usually translated grievous or hard. So meaning weighty in a bad way. For example, Exodus talks about how Pharaoh hardened his heart. And and this is the word used, the word kaved. When the word is used positively, it's usually translated glorious or honorable. So when I honor something, the idea is that it takes up more space in my thinking. It's weightier in my mind and thoughts. And of course, in this context, in Deuteronomy 5, the word is used positively. Our mothers are to be weighty in our minds. We are to think much of them and ascribe great worth to them. It's interesting to me that the primary word associated with the word kebed when it's coupled with other words or when it's a synonym is used in various contexts, it's not love that's used but reverence. An example would be Leviticus 19.3, which restates this same command like this. It says, each of you must revere his mother and his father. In this case, the word revere is substituted for the word honor as a synonym. So a quick word, especially to those of you who are parents of young children or middle school. By the time they get to high school, maybe it's too late, but perhaps we should spend less time nurturing our children's warm sentimentality for us and more time nurturing their respect and reverence for us. I'm going to say that again. Perhaps we should spend less time nurturing our children's warm sentimentality for us. That may be more about us than it is about them because it just feels so good to have that relationship with them. But perhaps we should spend less time nurturing our children's warm sentimentality for us and more time nurturing their respect and reverence for us. Second thing about honor, in general, honor is given. It cannot be self-designated. This reminds us why our attempts at self-promotion are off base. Not only do they not work, our self-promotion, our efforts at self-promotion, but they're wrong-headed. Honor isn't achieved this way. Honor is given to us by others, not demanded by us. Having said that, real quick, another word to parents. I think we serve our children by appropriately teaching them to honor us. I often tell parents of young children, one of the best, maybe the best thing that you can do for your children is to teach your child to obey you. Because when your child learns to obey you, then one day they can obey themselves. And eventually, one day, they'll be able to obey God. Third thing about honor in general, honor is personal. Throughout the Old Testament, this word is never used for objects or places, only for people and for God. Some of us have weighty feelings, for example, about our youth or about our hometown. I think we should be careful about those feelings. These kinds of feelings may be fine, of course, it's good to have a home, it's good to miss your home, it's good to have warm feelings about your own childhood, but we need to be careful. An example would be, I think about the young married couple who moves away from their hometown and either the husband or wife just can't get over leaving Ohio or Alabama or Texas or California or southern India or wherever it is, and they can't ever get happy unless or until they get back. This becomes difficult in the relationship. Honor is personal. It's meant for God, and it's meant for others that we value highly. Our weighty feelings, our honor is personal, and it should be reserved for persons like our mothers. Mary Thomas was a single mom of nine children living in the rough side, west side of uh, Chicago. Seven of Mary's nine kids were boys. (laughs) Young men constantly stretching the boundaries of their tired mothers, authority, and patience. One day in 1966, Mary opened her front door to find 25 street thugs on her stoop. The men, members of the notorious vice lords gang, had come to recruit her seven sons. Mary, hearing their intentions, dropped her gaze and she said, oh, okay, hold on just a second, she closed the door. When the door opened again, the first thing the Vice Lord saw was the barrel of a loaded shotgun. There's only one gang around here, she said, and that's the Thomas gang. With that same fortitude, Mary Thomas ushered each of her nine gang members to their high school graduation, and you may have heard of her youngest son, who's professional basketball player Isaiah Thomas. Last year, during the halftime of an NBA game, I heard Isaiah honor his mother. He offered honor, it wasn't demanded. And the honor was very personal for Isaiah. Honor is always personal. Okay, a couple observations about the commandment itself. Let's do three again. Number one, let's state the obvious. Honoring our mother comes to us as a commandment from God. It is repeated more than once. This is not a suggestion. I'm fascinated by how little our culture in general knows about this. This, this is awesome. The Kelton Research Group conducted a poll of a thousand people to determine basic knowledge of the Ten Commandments. 80% of those polled knew that the Big Mac had two all beef patties. And 62% knew that it had pickles. Over 60% could name all four, over 60% could name all four of the original Beatles. But less than 50% could remember more than five of the Ten Commandments. Many could not even name one of the Ten Commandments. This command comes to us as a part of the Ten Commandments, and I've heard the Ten Commandments described before as the ten best ways to live. Honoring our mothers is critical to our spiritual health. It's one of the ten best ways to live. Look on I know some of us had complicated relationships with our mothers. In some cases, you have needed to build boundaries between yourself and your mother, and that's been a good and right thing for you to do. This command doesn't tell us exactly how to do honor to our mothers or what that honor will look like. God isn't interested in putting us in emotional risk, but this command does outline our approach. Even in the most challenging family relationships, we have to find some way of honoring our mothers. And for those of you who had good relationships with your mother, this should be easy. Even if our mothers were far less than we would hope, we need to find a way to honor them for our own good and to satisfy God's command. So first of all, this is a command. Secondly, this is the first commandment that comes with a promise. Some have suggested... This is an acknowledgement of the practical benefit. That that means if you honor your parents, then your children will be more likely to honor you. That's one of the reasons that I tried so hard to take care of my mother at the end of her life. I reminded my children every time I did something for my mother, one day I want you to change my diapers. So that's what some people have suggested this is about, but I don't think so. I suspect this has more to do with God's prescription for building the right kind of society overall. When God's people honor their mothers, then generations relate to one another more healthily. Healthier people are nurtured and grow grow in such a society. So he's building the right framework. When this relationship breaks down, literally, society breaks down. Third thing. So this commandment is critical to our spiritual health. Certainly this is true for all of the commandments. Obedience overall is critical to our spiritual health, but but there's good reason to believe this commandment is especially so. I want you to look at the order of the commandments, and this is what I was talking about a minute ago. So if you look at Deuteronomy 5 or Exodus 20, where the Ten Commandments are also listed, you'll find the Ten Commandments laid out, you know, in in straight order in our Bible, but most scholars believe that the Ten Commandments were originally sketched out, you know, on the two tablets, and the first tablet would have been commandments related to God. The second tablet would have been commandments related to our relationship to other people. So, here's a quick layout of them. I'm the Lord your God introduction. And then the first commandment, have no other gods before me. The second commandment, don't make for yourself any uh, carved images. He explains this in some detail. More detail about no carved images. And then the third commandment, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold you guilt. Blah, blah, blah. The fourth commandment, I mean, it's important stuff. I'm sorry for the blah, blah, blah. And then the fourth commandment. Observe the Sabbath day. Once again, this is a day holy to the Lord. These first four commandments were in theory on the first tablet and they were the commandments related to God. And then you have a transition to the second tablet. And most scholars believe that the fifth commandment is in a key position because it's the transition between our relationship to God and our relationship to people. It's as if this fifth commandment is the key to having an uncluttered relationship with others and a clear relationship with God. So fourth commandment, observe the Sabbath, and then a lot of stuff about the fourth commandment that I didn't, I put dot, dot, dot on it. And then you get to the fifth commandment. In the key spot, honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long, that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. And then he just goes through a list of things that are prescribed for us in our relationships with one another. Don't murder. Don't commit adultery, number seven. Number eight, don't steal. Number nine, don't bear false witness against your neighbor. Number ten, don't covet your neighbor's wife or then a long list of stuff you are not to covet that have to do with your neighbor. Nothing about your neighbor should you covet. Our connection to our parents, whether or not we honor our mothers, is critical to our ability to have healthy uncluttered relationships and connections with others. This is why, when you go to counseling, almost invariably, you know this if you've been to counseling, at some point, the counselor will look at you and hold their pencil or cross their arms or look lovingly and caringly at you and say, tell me about your mother. Because it's such a critically important relationship informing who we are and in having uncluttered connections with others. I believe this is at least part of the reason this commandment has a promise associated with it. It is so critically important to our spiritual lives. Our relationship with God can be blocked if our relationship with our parents is not right. Our relationships with others can be unduly burdened if there is residue in our relationship with our parents. I know honoring our mothers can be complicated, but we must try. It is critical to our spiritual health. Happy Mother's Day. Today, let's dedicate ourselves to thinking about how we honor our mothers. Now, some of us honor our mothers with gifts. According to a British survey that I saw recently, 40% of moms have received an unwanted Mother's Day gift. But most of them were too polite to complain about it. I won't list the whole thing, it's hilarious. But here's a partial list of the 30 worst Mother's Day gifts that were received by more than one mom, by the way. So, moms, no matter what you get today, count yourselves lucky. Deodorant. Some moms got deodorant. (laughs) What does that tell you? A fire extinguisher. (laughs) Cleaning supplies. A stick of French bread. This is not that funny. It's just like, what were you thinking? Salad dressing. Popcorn. But this was the one that got me. More than one mother in Britain (laughs) received (laughs) ants. (laughs) Were were they thinking they would build an ant farm? Ants. Hair dye. Mom, you're looking old. A screwdriver. (laughs) A toilet roll. Calculator. And car parts. (laughs) So, here's some advice. Don't honor your mom like that but do honor her. Honor your father and your mother as the Lord your God commanded you, that your days may be long and that it may go well with you in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. If you have a great relationship with your mother, then use today as a time to think about how you will honor her even more this year than you did last. I had a great relationship with my mother So toward the end of her life, my mother died in 2005. She had pretty young. Her family had fairly good genes and she was in her very early 70s, was walking four miles a day, and got really, really sick and ended up with bacterial endocarditis. And it's a really difficult disease because it's not age-related. It's the reason they treat strep throat so seriously Strep throat can't really do you any damage unless strep gets into your bloodstream. And if strep gets into your bloodstream, then it can attack a vital organ. And the worst thing that can happen is if the strep bacteria attacks the heart, and that's bacterial endocarditis. So somehow my mom got a skin prick or something. Strep got into her bloodstream, and they thought she had the flu. They kept sending her home a 70-year-old woman with 104 temperature who was fainting and they couldn't find out what was wrong with her. Usually bacterial endocarditis is diagnosed when the the bacteria begins to eat the heart. And parts of it will slip through the bloodstream and little particles end up, little dots end up at the end of your toenails and fingernails. And then they can identify it. Then it's too late. The heart is already in severe damage. So this happened to my mom. Didn't know how long she would live. She lived a number of years after that. And was able to have some help, but the last four years of her life were tough. So I made the decision the last four or five years of her life. I sat down and evaluated. Our children were in high school and middle school, very busy time in our lives. But uh, I made the decision that I needed to honor my mother. So five or six times a year, every year, the last years of her life, I drove nine hours to Spartanburg, South Carolina, sometimes to spend one day with her, sometimes to spend three. It was often my day off every week, and I would drive down overnight. I'd spend the day with her and drive back the next day, or sometimes I would stay two or three days. I was always exhausted when I got back. I did that for five years to honor my mother, and I called her more than once a week. I was the child who had been very uncommunicative for most of my life, and I wanted to make sure that at the end of her life, I honored my mother. If you have a great relationship with your mother, then use today as a time to think about how you will honor her, even more this year than you did last. I mean that as a practical preaching point, by the way. If you had a difficult relationship with your mother, then use today as a time to think about how you can honor her, This year, even more than you did last. Don't compromise your own health or the health of your spouse or your kids if you have them. But find ways to honor your mother for your own health. And if your mother is no longer here, if your mother's dead, then find some time over the next week to honor her. If only in your own thoughts. It's good for you. When it comes to mothering, Let's be gentle with ourselves and with one another. But when it comes to being mothered, let's be weighty. Let's honor. God requires it. Okay, let's pray. Lord, we all had a mom. Someone who passed on to us a significant part of who we are. Father, those of us who had mothers who loved us, We're so thankful today. Those of us, Lord, who had mothers who passed on a spiritual heritage, we are inestimably grateful. Father, I pray that you would help us know how to honor our mothers. For those of us whose mother has passed away, I pray that you would remind us this week to give some weight to that part of our life, to honor it, to honor them, to be thankful Lord, for those of us who have mothers who are healthy and living we pray that you will remind us to connect with them and honor them God for those of us who had difficult relationships with our mothers Lord I again I pray that you will continue to heal the soft spaces that that created in our spirit and in our hearts And that you would show us what it means to honor that relationship, to honor that person. And that you would help us do it, that you would enable us to do it. This morning we give all that we know of ourselves to all that we know of you. In the strong name of Christ our Lord we pray. Amen.
2: I have to say I'm a a little disappointed. I bought hundreds of carnations for my mother, and they just started handing them out to random people today. And to make matters worse, now I have to return the ants that I bought her. Would you guys stand with us? We're going to sing one more song before we go. Let's start at verse 2, Spirit of the Living God.
3: God, Spirit of the Living God, come now and breathe upon our hearts, come now and it's have your again, way, spirit of, it. spirit of the Living God.
2: Our mothers can direct us towards you, can express the love that you give, can show us qualities and characteristics of you. For all the mothers in here, biological, spiritual mothers, I pray that you would give the strength to love, to encourage, to bless you would pour into them, bless them for the work that they do. And that that love, and those blessings would outpour from them to all of us. Help us to learn how to honor, to know how to honor and love our mothers. In your name we pray. Amen.
3: Thank you so much for coming. Honor your moms every way you can and have a blessed day and we'll see you next week. Thanks.